And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. It helps to turn everything on when it's supposed to go on. Welcome, everybody, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, conversationalists across the fruited plain, captains, courageous princes of the universe, and the ladies who lunch. It is Open Line Friday, and we have... uh, a few things to talk about, I guess. I don't know. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna bring everything in. Uh, but I tell you, it's uh, it's been a real crazy week, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! Welcome everybody. My name is Jason Hunter, the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Glad to have all of you with us. And yes, Open Line Friday, which means you can rant. Uh, we're going to open up the lines here in just a moment. First of all, I just want to do a couple of, of, of quick things. We need to set some ground rules. We're not going to talk about Kanye West. But I do have a thought about Kanye West. Let me let me get to that in a minute. The chat's open, live live going to uh, Odyssey Facebook, YouTube, like, the, like we normally do. And uh, yes, you kind of got a glimpse of a, a little bit of an update on, on some things there in the Batcave. So um, here's here's uh, a couple of things. If you're if you're with us live, you can join the chat over on any of the any of the the platforms. Uh, you can also plan to call into the show if you want to call into the show. This is where you get to to set the tone, I guess, as it were, and and have a comment if you've got a thought on various different things that have happened through the week or or two. Uh, then you can do that. We have a lot of trailers that dropped this week, so I imagine that uh, some people have some thoughts on that. And uh, let, let me let me just do this one quick thing. Well, first of all, let me shout out everybody that listens to us as a podcast, various different platforms uh, all around the world. We've got listeners in Russia, and Germany, Japan, the UK. Good to have everybody with us. And you can always leave a comment on any of the sh- any of the shows. Uh, you can connect with us on the socials and and all that good stuff. So, so just a couple, a real quick thought, a real quick thought on Kanye, <coughs> because he's not technically in our wheelhouse as far as science fiction, fantasy, horror. But uh, somebody did post a photo still from the uh, from the Alex Jones thing and uh, captioned it, "Bring me the head of Batman." So he he does kind of look like. Uh, he does kind of look like a, a bat villain at this point, but there's four there's four possibilities that I see on this thing, on this Kanye thing. One, he's absolutely gone round the bend and cracked. Now I don't know if that's a result of being married to a Kardashian. I mean, look what happened to Bruce Jenner. But the decision was uh, here just uh, what a week ago. Uh, on on his divorce, he's got to pay a bunch of money to Kim, right? So, I mean, the timing of these things, who, who knows? Maybe it was just that last bit 
you know, the straw that broke the camel's back and he's cracked. I don't know. In any case, he needs help. The second possibility is that this is all a big publicity stunt and he's getting ready to sell something. And seeing a few clips from the Alex Jones thing tells me that's a very real possibility. I, I think this is a bit. That's me. I think it's a bit. Now, possibility number three I've seen suggested, and I don't really buy into this as much, but there are a lot of people that do. With the dinner at Mar-a-Lago and him bringing in Nick Fuentes, some people are speculating that Kanye has controlled opposition and he's meant to disrupt the Trump campaign before it ever gets started. I don't know. It, or he could be a distraction for other things. Don't, you know, widen the net here. Couldn't be. It, it may not be that they've got him, you know, they got us all talking about him and not talking about Trump, but it could also be we're talking about Kanye. We're not talking about something like, I don't know, Balenciaga, for example. By the way, I'm not going to talk about Balenciaga, but their parent company is not any better. There's a doll. I'm not going to say anything else. You can look it up if you want. The fourth possibility is that this is absolutely honest and for true what he really believes and he's finally decided for whatever reason he's just going to let it all hang out and, and, and let the chips fall where they may. I don't think that's the case either. And no, not a Salma Hayek doll. Think younger. All right. So <coughs> anyway, all right. So that's all I thought on Kanye. We're not going to talk about Kanye, but that's personally, I think he's doing this as a big publicity gag, but that's just me. I could be wrong. It's been known to happen. And occasionally there are people who will remind me when I've been wrong. Uh huh. I what? Am I hearing you? Am I hearing you over there? Uh huh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh yeah. So um so yeah. So there is that. All right. So we've got a number of trailers that came out of uh, uh, Comic Con Experience in Sao Paulo, Brazil. The Indiana Jones Five trailer is sparking a lot of comment, and I know that there are people who have thoughts about it one way or the other. I've, I've watched it two or three, four times, and I will begrudgingly say that I kind of like what I see. I mean, for the most part, it looks like an Indiana Jones movie. Now, I say that, also keeping in mind that this is Disney and what they've done so far with regard to Disney with Marvel and Star Wars, there have been a lot of bait and switch moves. So what we see in the trailer may not necessarily reflect what we actually get in the movie. But there are at least a couple of things in there that would seem to indicate that the rumors we've been hearing are true. In which case, you're going to raise the Doomcock was right flag again, and James Mangold is going to end up looking like an idiot. But we'll see. It's entirely possible. I don't think it's likely, but it's entirely possible 
that James Mangold will deliver the goods and we will get one of the best Indiana Jones movies ever. I mean, he did give us Logan. And a lot of people point to that and say, maybe. I don't think that's likely. And what about saying the CGI was horrible? I actually, the the de-aging on Harrison Ford actually looks pretty good. Especially in a couple of shots where it's like, that looks like they shot that 30 years ago. So the technology is getting better. Now, not all of it is great. The stuff at the parade is probably the, the most problematic for me. And that the parade is actual practical shooting. I mean, the only thing really that they have uh, on that is that a lot of that stuff was a stuntman stand-in because Harrison Ford was back home getting uh, surgery done on his shoulder, and the and they did the face replacement on on some of that stuff. So that that's kind of dodgy. But the the 1930s stuff kind of looks pretty good. I don't know. All right. Excuse me. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to I'm going to put the link in the chat. I'm going to pin to the top of the chat in both uh, Odyssey and YouTube. So there is there is the link if anybody wants to get on here. I see Death Angels in here. Cam's in here. What abouts in here? I see Sci-Fi Snob is here. Yay! He's alive! That's good. Welcome back, sir. All right, so <laughs> so we're going to keep these short. Well, I say we keep it short. Usually we only get two, one or two people call in, so it's not like we're, we're crunched for time. But if you want to jump in the program, you're more than welcome to. Meanwhile, we've got AMC Networks pretty much imploding. A number of different executives... Uh, on the way out, they're cutting 20% of their United States staff, about 200 people. The new CEO, Christina Spade, also departing. She's only been there for a few months. Uh, David Stefano, uh, Senior Vice President of Original Programming and Development for WeTV, is gone. Uh, Marco Brezaz, Senior Vice President of Nonfiction and Alternative Programming for AMC and Sundance TV, is gone. Uh, Raphael Rothschild, Vice President of Scripted Program for AMC and Sundance, is out. Cassie, uh, Cassie Conaway, Director of Scripted Programming at AMC Studios and AMC Networks, is gone. Laura Luckenbaugh, Director of International Programming and Development for ABC Networks, or AMC Networks, rather. These are all C-suite people. All of them out. And I've seen a couple of others, uh, uh, other couple of names that, that are on the way out. Folks, look, I, I don't want to get all doom and gloom on you here. But the number of companies that are announcing layoffs, not just in media and not just in tech, but the number of companies that are losing employees because they have to is going to get worse. We're going to keep hearing about this stuff. We're going to keep hearing about layoffs. We're going to keep hearing about people getting fired, hiring freezes and all of that stuff. At the same time, the Asterisk Administration is going to keep telling us, no, we're not in a recession. Everything's fine. Meanwhile, we're sitting here in a house of fire knowing that it's not fine and watching all of these companies lay off all of these employees. you got people out of work. That's not fine. 
That is not an acceptable situation. <clears throat> and I and I would be hard pressed to say that this is this is good at all in any way, uh, shape, or form. So yeah, we'll see. All right, we got a hot take on deck. Cam is joining the program. And I don't see anything in the picture. I think the picture is he's, he's incognito. Hello, sir. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, sir? Good. Um, you got a hot okay, take. But, uh, yes. Uh, this is based on what you were just talking about. Uh, okay. With layoffs and things like that. Uh, a, a while back, it seems to me that the, even though it was said a lot, get woke, go broke really wasn't in effect. That that these companies were were freely ignoring the customer and, and doing whatever they wanted. It seems now that uh, the things are tightening up a little bit in terms of finances, you know, even with mega corporations like Disney and such. And this might be a very good time for people to revisit how they want to spend their money and, uh, and, and what they want to stand for with those choices. Yeah. I don't think these companies are in a great position to tell customers to go jump uh, as they were maybe a year ago. Well, and I think the other part of that, too, is you have people that are looking at, you know, from the outside, all of these companies that are that are laying off and, and people are losing their jobs. It's not just the fact that they're going to choose to not spend their money on the woke, the woke politics stuff, but you're going to have people that are looking there going, I don't have the money to spend anymore. And the first thing that's going to come out is their discretionary spending. Is any of the fun stuff? That's the first thing that gets cut. Going out to the movies, going out to the to the to the music parks, uh, going out to dinner. Everybody's going to get hurt with this thing. But I think you're right. I think I think this is an opportunity for people to reevaluate what they're spending on in terms of the various different streaming channels and where they're where they're putting their money for amusement. I think you're right. Yes. Uh, one, one other corollary to that, if I, if I may, yeah. uh, is that, um, you know, a lot of people went, you know, cancel Disney plus and all these other things. And, and people say, oh, these companies, they don't care about your, you know, your $20 a month or whatever. And that might be true still to some degree, but that $20 a month put to someone else, like an independent comic creator or, or, or you know, donating to, to you, for example, um, <laughs> That can make a big difference. That that can provide an actual alternative um, for other people, or or help provide it for other people, including you know the the people actually spending their money. So so yeah, the Disney might not notice it, but someone else will, um, and it can make it all the difference in the world to them. Yeah. Well, I think eventually Disney would notice if enough people decided to take their stuff away. I mean, one point five billion dollar loss in in third quarter, they're noticing that, and and you know. With streaming being as not as productive as they were all expecting it to be, I think a lot of people are taking a, a, a hard look at what the expectations were. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see Bob Iger is not making huge changes at Disney now that he's back in, in the CEO position. Because what Chapek was putting in place as far as, far as the austerity and the cuts— Iger's got to keep going on that, or the company is going to have to be, you know, looking at bankruptcy protection instead of Apple buying yeah. it. So, I think you're right. I think yeah, enough I, people choose not to spend their money. Eventually, even the big companies start to feel that pinch. Right. 
Yep. Yep. I, and it's it it will be an interesting year because if if and and another thing is gonna gonna impact this is if the railroad unions actually finally do go on strike like they're threatening to, and I know the government's trying to do their thing to kind of kind of cook that. But if the if the if the the transportation you know the train unions go on strike and you've got the diesel shortages for the for the truckers, stuff's not going to be moving around. So you've got mm-hmm. that to figure in as well because you know the economy in the next six months is going to take a big hit. And again, we get back to where am I going to spend my money? Absolutely. So, yeah. All right, Cam. Thank you very much, sir. Anything else you want to? Yep throw in there no i'll let other people get in all right but i appreciate well, it i appreciate the call thanks sir thanks all right so there is cam see it worked all right uh keely says gary if you're watching you're always welcome to be a guest on life of the bunker i'm assuming you're talking about gary over at uh, at nerd Rodic. yes gary is is welcome to be here i actually have thought about uh reaching out and talking to him because he's got He's got a story. He he has a good success story in terms of his his life, where he started and where he is now. And I think it's a it, it, I think that would be a very interesting conversation to be sure. Uh, so yeah, Gary, if if you ever kind of come across any of our stuff and you wanna you wanna be on the program, we can we can we can set that up. I I may I'll send him I may send him an email. We'll do we'll do some stuff. So anyway, I. I just think, you know, to expand on what we were talking about with Cam, I think that you've got a two-prong problem now. It could end up being more because with this FTX thing, <coughs> the collapse of crypto, the, the trust in crypto being harmed, and you have all of the all of the financial fallout there Whatever connections it has, whatever impact it has on banks, for example, uh, whatever connections it has to the various different politicians and political parties and action committees and all of that kind of thing, it shakes the confidence that the normal people have in everything that's going on. And now we have word, you know, coming out of Ukraine, we have word that Zelensky is, has outlawed a, an Orthodox, the Orthodox Church. He's not looking like a good guy. And I know all of these people waving their little their little Ukrainian flags in their bios. What are you going to do if it turns out that Zelensky's the bad guy here? <clears throat> and how much information are we going to get eventually when it turns out that FTX was a big money laundering scheme? What are you going to do, Alyssa Milano? And the, the economic impact of all of this stuff, it's not just one thing. And, and, and I think that's something that people need to, to, to realize is that it's not just one thing. You've got the culture war. You've got the economy. You've got the war in Ukraine. You've got the stuff going on with the elections. You've got the stuff going on with the January 6th crap. All of these different things, this is going to all swirl around in this perfect storm And honestly, I thought that the midterms were going to go a little bit differently than the way they did. Everybody thought they were going to go a little bit different, but of course we've got shenanigans like we do. 
But at some point, we have pain coming, economic pain, hardship, things that are not going to be on the shelf, supply chain issues, uh, you know, money problems. People are going to lose their jobs. Those things are going to finally get to a point where people will take a look around and they will pop their head up like little, little, uh, what's Timon and Pumbaa? Timon, what's he doing? A meerkat. You know, they'll stick their heads up out of the ground like a meerkat and they go, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And they'll finally realize we have a problem. And they're going to decide, I'm not spending my money on anything. I'm, I'm keeping my money. I'm going to go buy bread and toilet paper and, and, and coffee and I'm going to hole up in my house. And this time I'm not under house arrest. This time I'm bunkering in and nobody come by and bother me. We just want to be left alone. And it kind of it kind of makes me think like we're all going to end up turning into Clint Eastwood and Harrison Ford, right? You know, the, ang the angry old man. Get off. Get off my lawn. Leave me alone. Right? I mean, yes, Mrs. Boss is right. I'm already there. Go away, kid. You bother me. You know? By the way, have have we talked about my lawn lately? There are a lot of leaves on the lawn. <coughs> I'm going to have to rake, rake my lawn at some point. I may, I may run, I, I may run a, a mower over them to mulch them. I don't know. Let's see. Leave them. You, you have a mic. It's on. So if you want to use it, I'm not going to tell you you have to use it, but. Ah, <laughs> uh, Snob says, Snob says, uh, leaves, uh, his, his lawn's covered in two feet of snow. Well, at least you're not in Buffalo, <laughs> I guess, right? All right. I'm on. <coughs> yes, you're on. Hi. No, I'm just saying you leave them because the thing is, is that you have good bugs and such that do use the leaves as, you know, they nest down into them and settle in for the winter and everything. And you don't want to disturb them because you could end up killing them. So, for instance, like the beehive that moved into one of our bird uh, houses. Right. When the queen leaves there, she tends to find piles of leaves, dirt, you know, the stuff like that. And that's where she hunkers down in her own little cave for the winter before she comes back in the spring. Yeah. So one thing you want to do is leave them because then they, you know, the stuff that you want, the critters you want, the bugs that you want, will that's where that's where they go. Yeah. So Cam, you can Cam leave says them. Cam says I have the angry old man demographic locked up. <laughs> Uh, possibly, yeah. Uh, Snob says Buffalo is south like Florida. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, so the, anyway, that's 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 the thing. I'm 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 thinking. You know, it's you know, Death Angel says I, he's an angry old man as well. All of us. See, I guess that's my that's my niche audience here, right? I know Ke Keely's not that old. What? Can you identify as an angry old man? That's going to be hard to pull off, I think. 
because uh, you're not that old. Oh, but I can be a man. <laughs> Anybody can. All you got to do is just say what you are, right? Nowadays, that's what it is. Keely, oh, Keely's 39. Yeah, Keely, you're, 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 not, uh, you're not that old. Sci-Fi <laughs> uh, Snob says, maybe we need a contest. Who's the angriest? <clears throat> maybe. <laughs> uh, Major says, I'm a lot... <laughs> do what? I was reading Death Angel. Oh, Death Angel. Is Keely the young whippersnapper? It, you know, I think I think it would be better to be a, a a whippersnapper than it would be to be a cats and jammer kid. Because the cats and jammer kids were always causing trouble. That's a deep dive for any of you who are not old. Anyway, all right. So <coughs> I don't know. I one of the things that I need to do, I need to figure out, is how to get rid of this bloody cough. I, and you folks, I, I, I have to apologize again because every now and again it catches me by surprise. I'm trying to catch. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm doing my best to catch it. I'm drinking a lot of warm, warm fluids to make sure that you know coffee and hot tea and stuff to make sure it doesn't do. And I've got my, I've got my. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. See, it's right out of the blue. I got my red cherry lifesavers, so I may have to. Uh, I may have to pull one of those out and, and get. So we've got yeah, vitamin C, vitamin D. Thing. I take all of that stuff all the time. So uh, anyway, uh, Keely says the only <laughs> the only thing that would anger me is if Alabama lost to both Tennessee and Auburn in the same season. Didn't didn't Alabama? Who did uh, who did Alabama play over the uh, the Thanksgiving weekend? We watched Auburn. that game. Alabama did Alabama beat Auburn? Yes. I think they did. All right, so Alabama beat Auburn. Have they played Tennessee yet? Yes, and they lost. And they lost. All right, so Tennessee beat Alabama. All right. See, this is the sign of a well-rounded host because anywhere the conversation goes, I at least know a little bit, just enough that I can bounce off of this stuff. See? And, and see, and this, this is how all of you in the, in the audience make me look good. Because you have this stuff that I can then turn around and use in my, in my stuff. So, congratulations, everybody. You're doing great. You're making me look great. All right. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, DC has done something little interesting. We'll talk about that when we get back. Stand by. We have 52 reasons to listen to this podcast, but they may change in six months. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. A little bit of an experiment here this morning, trying to make all of this work, so bear with us for a minute. It's a work in progress. Since 2019, Sci-Fi For Me has been bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Science fiction, fantasy, and horror have been on our radar from the beginning. News, rumors, we bring you the latest with our team coverage. Streaming original content every week. Good Morning Multiverse, live on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Delivering the multiverse since 2009. The H2O Podcast, Monday night at 8, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV.
Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here along with all of you smart people. And we have plans and schemes, things, things in the works I can't tell you about just quite yet. But I will say that if you want to know what's coming, then you'd better be here on December 30th because that's when we, uh, that's when we have our 500th episode, our 500th installment here live from the bunker. The email address, if you want to leave us a comment that way or suggest a topic or suggest a guest to invite live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. And one of these days, we're going to get back out to the conventions, and we're going to start broadcasting from conventions again. That's that's in the works. That's a plan that we have. Eventually, one of these days, sometime at some point, maybe. But uh, one of the one of the conventions that we need to be keeping an eye on. <clears throat> oh, I've I have sent Danica McKellar in, in, half a dozen invitations by now. It's, she's still she's still on. So. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob says 500 on December 30th. He'll have to miss a wedding, but he'll be here. You don't have to be here live if you've got something, you know, family always comes first. That's why I, I totally understand that. So <clears throat> down in Sao Paulo, Brazil, we have a, a, we have a convention uh, that over the last few years has quickly become one of the conventions to watch. It's uh, Comic-Con Experience, also known CCXP. In Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I don't speak Portuguese, uh, but uh, we've we've seen a number of things come out of there. As a matter of fact, a lot of the trailers, the stuff that we got this week, we got a featurette for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. We got the new trailer for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three that came out of there. I don't know if the Transformers trailer debuted at CCXP or not, but that came out this week. Indiana Jones Five came out this week. But uh, Comic-Con Experience is quickly becoming uh, a, a fairly big deal. Um, didn't they announce, they announced Wonder Woman 84 at, at, at CCXP. So that's becoming a thing. It's, all, it's almost as big as San Diego or Dragon Con. Uh, CCXP is becoming a convention to watch. So as, <coughs> as we're, we're looking at this stuff, Collider has this image. Uh, Collider posted this article about DC's booth at CCXP. Now, for a little context. I want to say really fast that CCXP is the largest outside of the United States. I think that sounds sounds about right. Yeah. But uh, for a little context here, Warner Brothers... (laughs) When they merged with, uh, when when they sold off from AT and T and they merged with Discovery, Warner Brothers Discovery, then they took the big DC space at San Diego Comic Con and they did away with it. Gone. They did their panels in Hall H. They did some presentations and whatnot, but they didn't have a presence on the floor the way they have in the past. Down at CCXP, they had a booth. They had a floor space, a showcase, and. We got the new logo for the Flash movie. That's still coming on. 
And we got this image. This is the banner at the, this is the wall at the DC booth at CCXP. Now you notice there's still Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman. You got Robert Pattinson's Batman. Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam. You've got Jason Momoa's Aquaman. And then there's Henry Cavill as Superman. So that now, across the bottom, you have uh, various different. These are these are specific movies. So you got Wonder Woman eighty four. You've got Batman. You've got Black Adam. You've got Aquaman. You've got Justice League. That's that's what those that's what those little things are. And yeah, no no Flash. They're not going to be putting Ezra Miller's face on anything at this point. I don't think. But I think it's notable that they did put Henry Cavill's Superman on there because. According to the reports, there's no deal yet. There's no contract in place yet. But if they're putting Cavill on the poster, if they're putting Cavill up on this wall, and that looks like it's probably a good 10, 12 feet tall. Then this is not, we have not seen the last of Henry Cavill as Superman. Whatever anybody may be saying, whatever, whatever Grace Randolph says, whatever. Maybe they don't have a contract, but there is a plan. I think I'm 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 reasonably certain out from the outside. I'm pretty sure that we're going to see more of Henry Cavill as Superman. So uh, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, I think I think Sao Paulo, Brazil is is starting to be a happening place in in terms of Comic Con. So we keep an eye on that, and. The the little featurette that we got for Ant-Man and the Wasp is really not much more than here's where we are up to now. It's sort of just a little recap of all the different Ant-Man movies and the story so far. And it's a missed opportunity. Because Michael Pena's character doesn't narrate it. And he should have. I mean, come on. It should have been it should have been Michael Pena's characters sitting there going, okay, here's what's happened so far. And then go through the entire thing. But there that would have been a lot ha- that would have been a lot more in terms of production. Uh, because you'd have to shoot some stuff and you'd have to you'd have to do some things. So I can see from a from a logistics standpoint, it'd be a little bit of a of a challenge. But still, it's a missed opportunity. Do it animated. You could do it animated. I don't know. I just, you know, put me in charge. Just ask me. Don't put me in charge. Just ask me. Ask the fans. Hey, fans, what do you think? Marvel has so many times dropped the ball on all of that. And they and they they have they have wasted so many different marketing opportunities. All right, joining us in the program now, Mr. Sci-Fi Snob. Welcome, coming back in from the future. Good to see you, man. Uh, good to see you. Glad you're uh, glad you're finally back and up and about. Yeah, I you know. Yeah, I've been around. <laughs> All right, so I'll, keeping a low profile. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, well, the time cops. You you got to avoid the time cops every now and then, I guess, right? They're you, they're pretty easy to. You know, yeah. they're not they're not too smart. Usually easy for someone like me to avoid, but you got to yeah. be careful. Yeah. Yes. So I I guess I uh, 
you're not giving me enough meat to dig in there, but I guess I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about DC. Okay. Um, now, I've been... I don't know if you've watched all the animated DC movies. I haven't seen all of the latest ones. I have them. Uh, Warner Brothers keeps sending me the DVDs, but I haven't had time to sit and watch them, though. So, uh, Adult Swim has... Uh, has them on every uh, Saturday night. They okay. put one on. And you have a different rotation. They got about twenty of them, or twenty-five. There's about twenty to thirty of them yep. in rotation. And I just, uh, I have to recommend to people to watch those movies. Some of them are very good. Um, you know, uh, story-wise, excellent storylines. Um, way better than the live-action stuff. And I got to say that you know, I don't know why they didn't just. Um, take the writers from the uh, animated movies and have them write their live action or <laughs> right. just copy the live action. Well, and people uh, have been copy saying the that, animated movies. Yeah. People have been saying that Bruce Tim needs to write a live action, you know, for a number of years now. And, and that's been, a, that's been a thing that people have talked about since, Oh, probably, probably going all the way back to Batman the animated series is that DC has always managed to succeed in the animated productions more than marvel has whereas marvel starting with iron man seems to be firing on all thrusters with all the live action stuff and yeah and i'm not i don't know i'm not even Just, talking about how successful they right are. but in terms of like, the craft uh, the quality of the craft the the response to the, the stories and all all of the all of the things yeah. that make this thing good People have said that DC has always knocked it out of the park when it comes to the animation side of things. If they could just get their act together for live action, then they'd they'd be going gangbusters. Yeah, and they're I mean the quality of the writing and storylines on the the uh, DC um, animated is just so much better than it's better than anything that DC has put at live action. It's better than Marvel Phase Four, um, you know. Uh, and and the uh, the DC animated movies, they some of them. There's there's three sort of main. There's the Justice League, the the Batman, and the Superman ones. Right. That they sort of uh, main ones. The Justice League ones are actually a what Marvel has been doing, you know, in Phase One, Two, and Three. They actually all fit together. Um, they you know each you have to watch them in order. They each build on each other and then come to a conclusion now to be you know to be honest they've taken a lot of the i'm not a big dc comics reader but they've taken a lot of the um the dc uh storylines and put them in there for example one of the right. justice league uh movies is you know uh, is a flashpoint paradox which um, i think is, so, if if i remember right flashpoint is the one that kind of bookends that whole, like you're talking about, the whole Justice League through line, all of these movies are con are connected together. I think Flashpoint Paradox is the one that brings that to a close, and then everything after that is kind of a, on its on its own, separate from that, right? Um, uh, not quite. Um, okay. The Flashpoint Paradox is, I think, it's kind of a, a separate one in in itself. But the the jo the Justice League Apocalypse War uh, kind of bookends it because in that you know, everything's messed up, a lot of the heroes are dead, and, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Flash goes uh, has to turn back time and, and okay, all right. reset. That's, yeah, that's so the that one kind I'm of resets yeah. the whole thing. But, the you know, there are, and even from the, the Flashpoint Paradox, you know, the Flashpoint Paradox revolves Zoom and, and the Flash. And um, 
So then you have for uh, just to give you an example of how you know how they put these things together. There is a a Harley Quinn Suicide Squad animated movie, mm-hmm. and in that movie is uh, the whole basis of that movie is uh, the villain is Zoom, and he is uh, he gets shot in the head in the Flashpoint Paradox by Batman, I believe. Oh well, alternate Batman. Uh, Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne. And uh and then in the Suicide Squad movie, he's the main villain and he's actually, you know, he's not dead, but he's sort of like he's because he's he's living normally, but he can survive for months because he's so fast, right? Like you know, he's about to die, he needs to save himself before uh before he actually dies, you know, as <laughs> if uh, you know. So it's I mean it's a little fantastic, but they all a lot of the movies link together. And of course, there's some you know more one shots. They do the Superman Red Sun one, um, but I'm just uh, and and let's you know not all of them are perfect. Some of yeah. the the uh, the earlier ones are not quite as good. But I see any of the later ones from sort of 2010 on are very very solid. Um, you well, know, and, and... the Flashpoint Paradox looks at the alternate where uh, where Wonder Woman kills. Mira and and Atlantis and Themyscira are at war, and right. the United States is cut, caught in between, and you know all of Europe is in flame. There's all kinds of interesting alternate uh, stuff in there. Yeah, I remember being disappointed in the animated adaptation of The Dark Knight Returns because Peter Weller is Peter Weller's performance as Batman is probably one of the worst. Out of everybody that has played Batman in, in in all of these different iterations, I just can't buy his performance as Batman, and that that tainted my enjoyment of the of the overall picture. I mean, for the most part, you know, the adaptation is pretty good, but it just keeps push, pushing me out every time I hear Peter Weller playing Batman. I'm just like, where where is he? You know, is he is he doped up on something? Because he just got no energy at all in his performance. So, really, I'm 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 actually kind of surprised about that because I'm, I mean, though I like um, you know uh, the other the various uh, Batman uh, voice actors that they've used in the past, they're quite good. I thought Peter Weller was good in that. Uh, I mean, he's he's portraying a Batman who is you know sixty plus years right. old white hair he's you know old and gravelly like i thought that that was a reasonable um voice ch- uh choice for batman it, i uh, it's inspired I, i'm surprised casting, i, yeah. I, I kind of liked it he just sounds bored to me because there's the the when he first shows up you know with the cops the cops are chasing those guys and the the older cop they start to slow down it's like oh hang on kid you're in for a show you remember and they and they go into this construction thing when Batman says these guys are mine, right? That scene, that's the one line that really stands out to me as it feels like Peter Weller's phoning this in because he's got no energy in that line at all, and he's supposed to be yelling at the cops at this point. And I'm like, where where is he? What is he doing? It, it just I don't know. It's, and and it could just be me, you know. I I'm. I, it just struck me as being a an uninspired performance, but yeah, you know, your mileage may vary. So, the other side of the coin would be that you know, wouldn't you think that a Batman who's been Batman for say forty years, 
He's seen it all. Mm-hmm. He's been beat up. He's he's you know his body is shot. Like you don't think he would be a little bit bored with? Oh look, you know there's some punks. Here it is all over again. Like, yeah. I, and you know I'm not to say that I disagree with your characterization. I I, I don't remember specifically that. I, I can't pull it up in my memory. So, uh, you know, you could, I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with your characterization, but, you know, to me, maybe Batman would be a little bit, you know, jaded. Maybe. More maybe. than, more so than, than anything we've seen before, because we really haven't seen a, you know, a 60 year old kind of retired Batman, yeah. 60 plus. So, yeah, so, I thought that was a, I liked the take. So out of uh, all that. of the all of the animated DC movies, which one do you think is the best one so far that's come out? Oh well, I mean that is oh that is hard. Um, there's a there's so many that are that I kind of throw in there that are that are quite good. Um, yeah, that's a really tough. I I tend more towards the Superman and the uh, the Justice League ones mm-hmm. as opposed to the Batman's. Though I've seen a lot of the Batman's, but they just take the good DC storylines. I think all of the Justice League ones are 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 good and they're interesting because they fit together. Yeah. And there's even you know a Justice League Dark in there where they throw in Constantine, Batman. Uh, that one yeah. maybe maybe that one is probably my favorite just because of the uh, some of the humor in there. There's a uh, one scene where where they're going to this guy's house and the guy's dying, and so you know the various shades of death are around the guy's house waiting so constantine and satana and all them come in and they're like you know they're talking to the death guys oh yeah oh we're gonna get you constantine we're waiting for you you know they're telling him and he's like yeah yeah good luck uh, that kind of thing of course batman doesn't see any of this because he doesn't believe in magic right magic is you know bs to him so he's like so he's like you know what's going on they're like oh it's death they're all waiting for you and then they see batman the, the death guys see batman and they say Oh, this one has escaped us many times. We'll, you know, we're gonna get him eventually, right? And Batman's right. just sort of staring, and and he then he goes, uh, he just quick quickly goes, boo, and the the the, the shade kind of you know is startled and kind of goes back. Eh? <laughs> so that's kind of funny, you know. Batman doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't believe and he can't see them, but he's still, uh, you know, he's uh, he's along for the ride, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, I still would like to see a live action Batman Beyond. I just, I think, I think you could make it work. I think if you had, if if Michael Keaton could come on board for that, I think you absolutely could sell it. And I think James James Gunn and Peter Safran might be thinking along the lines of all of the different possibilities of the different things that we could do. Because you know, you know, Gunn's been posting a lot of different images and teases, and who knows what they've got planned. I'm. Uh... I'm, I haven't seen, uh, I've seen some of them. I haven't seen the entire series, but I'm going to have to agree with you there. I mean, I think that, you know, Michael Keaton or somebody, an, an older Batman as the mentor to, uh, to, uh, to the new Batman, you know, you said it in the future a little bit, yeah. so you can put a little bit, a, a couple of, you know, cooler gadgets, you know, which is what it normally is anyway. Um, I think that could be a very, um, the, a very good, uh, a good series. I mean, you know, I say that it all comes down to the writing. If you have yeah. good writing, yeah. you can have a good series. Like I don't, you know, good writing. I don't care uh, what the series is like if uh, if they write well. And that's the biggest problem with the various, um, you know, the various uh, products they put out recently. Like I, I trash Batwoman all the time, and <laughs> I, you know, it's not because I hate women or anything like that. You know, that's that's secondary, right? Yeah. 
um, the fact that I hate women has nothing to do with the fact that I hate the show, right? Yeah. The fact is that uh, that's a joke. You can laugh at that. That's okay. <laughs> um, the fact is the poor writing. Like it could have been a good series if they just would spend the extra money to. Yeah. And I don't, you know, they're spending millions of dollars on these projects. You know, double the writing budget and hire somebody good. Right. Like what is wrong with these guys? I don't know at why least, they at the very least hire somebody who respects the source material. I mean, I mean, don't tell me there can't be <laughs> surely there. The Hollywood is not bereft of people that, like I said, there are guys, you know, DC animated has been putting out pretty good movies, especially in the last 10 years. Yeah. Pretty good movies for 22 years since about, two, you know, 2000. They've been putting these out well maybe a little bit later but at least 15 years i mean you could hire any of those guys who write for that and they would do a better job than anything i've seen so far i, I don't so. i don't quite understand why they are doing this and i guess it kind of goes back to your original discussion about woke um mm -hmm. but you know i don't really understand that whole the whole woke thing why you know why do i need you know i need somebody that represents me in order to enjoy a tv show well you know bat you know i'm not a rich billionaire who goes out at night beating up um criminals for fun like I, and i can still enjoy batman right i don't right. i can't identify with him but you know i can still enjoy it you know i'm not i'm not from uh you know i'm not from a alien planet and i can't fly and shoot laser beams out of my eyes i can still enjoy <laughs> superman like, well what, and and death angel's got a got a good point in here he's just, you watch sandman despite the woke attempts, is still pretty good. And that, and that goes back to what you're talking about. As long as the story is written well, as long as the execution of the product, and, and this is a business, it's a product, they try to sell us. As long as the, the, the work is good, and, and that's a relative term, it's subjective, but when, if the work is good, if the writing is good, if the acting is good, the cinematography is good, if you got good music, all of the different elements combined to, to deliver a good product, then the woke stuff, if it's in there or not, if it's done well, then it's subtext and you, you notice it only if you're looking for it. Whereas, you know, now these days you've got the media, like um, Strange World is a good example, where the only thing that anybody was ever talking about was the fact that your lead character was gay. Who cares? Yeah, I, I think that I mean, going you know going back to Sandman, I think that the thing is, is those that that you know something like you know Neil Gaiman is a is I think we can agree is a pretty good writer. Yes. Um. So I mean, they are pulling and they're pulling directly from the source material and sticking to it as close as possible. Well, let's say not as close as possible, reasonably close. Sure. So that's why those things are those elements, the woke elements, are not as prevailing in it because you know they're taking a product that is tried and true that has you know a, a big popular base and and they're using that now something like um strange new worlds from disney i don't believe that's taken from any uh like there's no no stra strange world is an original ip yeah yeah so so they're just doing it up how they want right so if they you know the closer that they follow to the the you know the original and Let's face it; the originals aren't woke because those things don't sell. Right? You know, people don't. People like classic stories, right? They, they, there's certain things that we are, are that are ingrained in us that speak to us. You know, Joseph Campbell. You can go back to that stuff and you know look at him. These these archetypes speak to us, and when you when you throw those out, then you usually have a crappier story. 
So, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that's why um, I uh, I still haven't. I've watched most of uh, of uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, show there, but uh, I I haven't. I think I missed the. I haven't seen the last uh, episode yet. But uh, you know, it, it's a pretty good story. I I enjoyed it. I mean, well, and Death Angel. No, I know we had a discussion about death. Yeah. You uh, you know, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't really care that like to me death is a like they you know correct me if i'm wrong they um they gender swap death they 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 race swap death they gender swap lucifer oh right yeah so lucifer is now a woman in the tv show and death is black in the tv show but they were that that's not the case for the book see i don't uh that doesn't bother me as a like not being big on the originals that doesn't bother me as much and it doesn't really bother me at all because i see as lucifer as um you know he can be anything he wants right yeah. and the same with death these are mythical so if they want to it's kind of like uh, the whole uh i'm not talking i'm talking about uh, female loki i'm not talking about the tv show which was not very well done but <laughs> female loki is in the, in the comic books and yeah. i've read a couple of those episodes and you know seeing Loki, you know, Loki's a trickster. He can appear as a male or a female. I mean, he's sort of gender. He, to me, he's sort of male. Uh, that's how he identifies. But him being female doesn't bother me much. And actually, I found the the female version of Loki, you know, even more disturbing and evil than the uh, the 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 male version. And that that could be possibly because of you know how our society you know views women is that they're more you know generally speaking they're more good and they're you know less likely to be to be bad which may or may not be true but uh, i actually you know, <laughs> I, know, I actually saw that i know a few i could tell some stories about but i'm not going to <laughs> yeah i mean but that's how that's how yeah. you know culturally how we view i'm not right. talking about you know, well reality, and Ke- but... and keely makes a good point and it goes back to what you're saying good writing makes you ignore the woke stuff and death angel said you know the sandman was pretty good you could ignore the woke because again if it's subtextual if it's not just in your face hey look at this message 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 then you can set it aside and you say, okay, well, yeah, that's there, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, and he mentions Wednesday here. <clears throat> and uh, interestingly enough, Wednesday has come under fire this week because apparently, and I haven't seen it, apparently the show is getting <sighs> accused of queer baiting, for one, but also it's coming under fire because one of the people who's mean to Wednesday is black. And why is the black kid mean? And it was like, well, hang on. If you want even-handed representation across the board, you want to be treated like anybody else, well, there are some there are some people who are black who are not nice people. There are some women who are not nice people. And it, it, the, the double standard in all of this it would be laughable if it wasn't so disappointing because of, of the impact that it has on everybody's decision to, to do whatever it is that they do. Oh, well, we can't do that because people would say bad things about us, right? It's just hey, ridiculous. I, I, I agree. I can't understand this. Are you, are you saying to me that you can never have a, a character on TV or in a movie that is of some of X race, whatever, because then therefore people are so stupid that they're going to think that yeah. all the people from this race are yeah. evil. That's, I mean, that's how people are people. That's how it's they're yeah, bad. They're good. Is, yeah. They're whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think it shows, you know, if, if I'm watching a show and then every, 
every villain is of this race and every you know good person is of the, this other race and there's never any mixer i'd be like well what the heck is this is yeah are they living in reality like are you although, trying to tell me that all although these people you, are good and all these people are bad? That would take, be if you insane. Take, if you play D&D, there are no races anymore because they've taken the word out. <clears throat> yeah, I saw that. It's now uh, species. I saw it's that. It's not race. On, uh, you know, yeah. whatever. Call. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand, you know. <laughs> I don't understand how you can be, you know, racist to a, well, a mythical, you know, you know are and, there really any elves or trolls or goblins in the world? No. Well, and people not. make a good point. If you're looking at orcs and you see ba- and you see black people, that says a whole lot more about you. You know, and, uh, uh, it, to to make that distinction and say, "Oh no, yeah, yeah." Yeah, it does. Like, it does. Hang on. And and to make a to make a thing about, you know, role-playing games. Now, I used to play them a little bit when I was, you know, much much younger. Um the uh, the whole point of a role playing game is you can do whatever you want, you know. The rules and the guidelines they put there are simply guidelines. Yeah. You know, you don't have to follow. If you're in charge of the thing, you can change whatever you want. So, you know, the complaints about you know uh, Dungeons and Dragons is not you know gay friendly enough or whatever. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Make everybody gay in there change all the races get rid of races put more in do whatever you want it's completely your choice so i don't understand why this this all this pressure oh you've got to change the whole game well anyone who runs it can just change it to whatever they want anyway so uh what's the big deal just change it yourself but it's not about changing it it's about it's about forcing other people to change to your beliefs it's that's exactly, what it's about. That's it exactly. Because, it's about power and control. Right. If yeah, if you really like D and D, you just go. Okay, well, I don't like the fact that orcs are all evil. We're going to run a campaign, and they're all orcs are all going to be good, and the elves are going to be evil. Like you just do that. You could just do that. Nothing stopping you from it. So, yeah, I, I would. Uh, sorry, going back a little bit. I we, we I would just looking at the comments about how. Um, you know, mentioning that there were woke elements in um, in uh, Game and Show there, Sandman. Yeah. What were the woke elements that that you saw? Uh, maybe I didn't I didn't catch them. I'm not sure. Just was it just the race the race and the gender swapping of Lucifer and uh, and uh, Death, or was there something else that I missed? I haven't I haven't watched it, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. I think Death Angels probably have to have to go through and and make a list, but I don't know that there were that many. I mean, the race swapping of Death was probably the biggest one that anybody was complaining about, and then the the gender swap of Lucifer didn't get quite as much discussion because it's you know uh, uh, what's her name playing Lucifer, and everybody went, "Ooh, I'm intrigued. Tell me more." So it it didn't get as much blowback, I don't think. As the as the race swapping of death, but yeah, you know, it, it, it. I don't I've, see why death can't be any race. Like I, it didn't matter. Well, and me, I've uh, and I've I've said uh, on a number of occasions here that that the people that are in the fan community, for for lack of a better word, you know, fandom menace or or you know, in, any any of these people that have decided that they're going to hate on everything. We've got to be very careful, and I say we because I've I've got to I've got to watch this as well. You have to have to be very careful not to just simply assume 
that something is going to be bad because we see X as part of the whatever, right? I mean, <clears throat> all of the different rumors we got out of, coming out of Indiana Jones 5 suggest that it's going to be a crap fest. It's going to be a disaster. Everybody, you know, there are people that are making those assumptions based on this little piece here and this little piece here. And we have to be very careful not to go off the deep end in assuming that everything is going to be bad simply because of one element that gets highlighted in the press. Because we know that fan baiting is a thing now. And people are people are looking for that. The studios are sitting there going, okay, how do we how do we get them riled up and 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 angry about stuff? I mean, we see Doomcock showed up in, in She-Hulk, right? They they're paying attention to the fans. And we should be careful that we don't turn into another cancel culture club like they have on the left. Well, um yeah, two things on that. Um um, I would have to agree uh, with your first point. Um, a lot, like, take the indie uh, trailer. I just watched it once, but to me, it was just a bunch of quick cuts yeah. and all action scenes. I mean, I couldn't get anything from that. Like, I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. It's all quick cuts. There's no, you know, even a hint of the storyline. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Um, so I, I mean, you know, I'm an old man. I'm very much, uh, yeah, wait and see because I've, you know, been lied to before and you think something's bad, it's good. You think it's good, it's bad. I've been disappointed. So um, the other point, though, um, you're making about that, um, about, you know, not wanting to become our, um, its own cancel culture. Um, I have to push back on that a little bit. And I'm not saying that necessarily I agree with this, but I'd like to put it out there for consideration. Sometimes you don't, um, you know, you have to show another person, you know, how bad they're being and let them suffer what they've put you through in order for them to understand, ah, that's why I shouldn't act this way. Because if I do, um, you know, I now understand how I've been treating that other person because it's been done to me. I will right? ag- I will agree so, with you on that, and and the 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 element of that in your premise is that you're responding to something that they've done. You're not yes. acting on an assumption that they're going to do, and I think that no, makes sure. the difference in you know because I see a lot. Oh, this is going to be woke. This is going to be terrible. This is going to be the thing without actually seeing it. And, you know, the left is giving us bait, you know, with the whole thing with Moses Ingram on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, you know, there are going to be racists who are going to not like this. And they they poison the well before anybody has a chance to see anything. And there are some people on our side, quote unquote, who dive right in and they take the bait and they run with it. I think we have to be careful about that. But you're right. I think I think there does need to be pushback. And it's what we were talking about earlier when Cam was on. You know, deciding where to spend your money and letting these corporations, letting these businesses know you're not happy with their decisions and I'm not going to buy your product anymore. Yeah, and I would agree with that. But, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And maybe if the um, if the people who are always trying to cancel everyone, you know, got canceled themselves, mm-hmm. would understand how, you know, 
evil that this is, you know, preventing people from participating in, in discourse simply because you don't like their opinion. Right. You know, I always, uh, I always say that, you know, uh, the, the solution to misinformation or bad information is more information. Um, you know, well, the I truth think we're starting, yeah, I think we're starting to get some of that. I think the pendulum is starting to swing back to center a little, a little bit. I mean, you have the, you have the changes that are going on with Twitter for one. You have uh, you have the Reedy Creek stuff with Florida. Yeah, everything that came out of Florida. You know, the Republicans are now in charge of the House of Representatives. So there are there are things that are changing, and I think are going to go towards what you're talking about, where these people are starting to understand. Or they're starting to learn anyway. I don't think they're understanding yet, but they're starting to realize that their way of doing business is not going to be the way we do business anymore because it's not profitable. You know, how many layoffs, you know, 12,000 people laid off at, at Facebook and 10,000 laid off at Amazon. And, and now we're getting cuts at CNN and failure is a good teacher. Let's just yeah. hope they learn, they learn the right lessons. So and 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 woke culture is very it's very insidious because you can never be woke enough there's always right. some you know people can always be um divided up into smaller and smaller groups and then something you said about some group can always be pulled and used against you and show that you were not woke enough at some point exactly um, and uh you know anyone can get canceled at any time yep you know you just have to push it far enough yeah. Well, and eventually, you know, what about mentions J.K. Rowling? Eventually you push far enough and you go long enough that it kind of circles back and you become the hero again. Because as we see now with Warner Brothers and some of the people that are coming out, Helena Bonham Carter being the latest one, you know, J.K. Rowling didn't need to be demonized the way she did because she didn't say anything that was incorrect. But um, part. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean. I mean, I'm not disagreeing, but I think part of that is also it's also marketplace power. I mean, you know, J.K. Rowling's is worth. I mean, what? Yeah. North of a billion dollars. Right. Like I, I don't. I I can't remember the last, but Harry Potter is a huge franchise. Um. You know, at, yeah. at some point, you know. Well, and I think I think David Zaslav coming out. Prevail. Yeah, David Zaslav coming out and saying we want to do more Harry Potter and we're absolutely open to to working with J.K. Rowling. I think that helped as well. Because people sat there and go, oh, well, if Warner Brothers is going to ignore all of this, then maybe everybody, you know, a lot of people are still going to are going to ignore it. And, you know, that's the beginning of the real rehabilitation of J.K. Rowling, even though she didn't really need it. But in some circles, maybe she does. So, yeah, you know, you know money, money talks. Right. And yeah. she's a very, you know, the, that very powerful franchise, a lot of money to be made. And at some point someone's going to come out and say, hey. I don't care. I'm going to make money off this franchise. And then the other, you know, big groups, you know, Warner versus Disney, whatever. And if they decide not to, they're not going to make the money. And, you know, money is power in these, uh, these, so they're yeah. going to lose out. All right. We're going to leave it at that. Then I'll let you have the last word. We're after, uh, we're past our hour. So, uh, so we're going to go ahead and head in here. Snob, thanks very much for being here. Good to see you again, man. Don't be a stranger. 
All right, I won't. I'll try to be a little bit more. I'm I'm all huddled freezing. It's minus 21 right where I am. Eek. Celsius, too. Eek. Celsius. So that's, Yikes. for you Americans, that's minus 21 below the freezing point of water. That's We're huddled that's in our uh, bad huts. Yeah. Well, burning yeah. whale blubber and stuff, trying to keep it alive. Stay warm. Keep all your canned goods handy. You do have a can opener, right? <laughs> we do. We do. Electric right. and also manual, just in case. Power there goes out, right? All right. Uh, thank you, sir. Good, right. uh, good to see thank you, you again. All right. And that's going to do it for us here today. I uh, want to really quickly remind you that tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, we've got Good Morning Multiverse with a wrap-up of the week's headlines. And it's going to be a packed show. We're going to have stuff from this week and last because we took last weekend off for the holiday. Uh, so it's going to be a pretty long show, probably a good two, two-and-a-half-hour show tomorrow. <clears throat> I'll have my I'll have my cherry lifesavers handy and ready, and uh, we do want to also remind you that we have a number of different social media platforms where you can connect with us, and the different video platforms: Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube, Twitch. So uh, connect with us over there. We're tr we're getting our, getting our numbers up over on on Rumble and Odyssey. So so connect with us over there. There's less chance that we're going to get uh, censored and kicked off the platform, even though I do try to behave. Uh, but there's all of that, and uh, that's it for us. We are 10 away from 500. 10 shows away from 500. Coming up next week, Serena Strauss will be here on Monday to talk about her debut novel, uh, the first of a trilogy. There is a possibility we may have a show on Tuesday, which is kind of a different thing in the schedule, and then Wednesday... Uh, we've got Money Talk. Dan and Matt will be here. Culture Casino will be part of that conversation. Uh, so jump in and catch all of that. And uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 